So this week we are spicing it up a little bit, doing something a little bit different than just a straight interview because we've brought back one of our favourite Instagrammers, Sarah Taviani. She was last on with her awesome sister, Emma, to talk about their new venture bottled books, but she also runs commas and ampersands, uh, which we we love her photo challenges mm-hmm. and we try and do them most months. Um, but she is a very awesome Instagram person, very friendly, and we love her. So we've asked her back on to do a bit of a workshop with us. And we're all going to get into the details of Instagram and Bookstagram and how to improve your Bookstagram. Um, all three of us have very different follower numbers. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, very, very different. <laughs> but these are tips that we found that work for us at any level um, and that I guess can help improve your account no matter what your goals are. So welcome back to Better Words for the second time, the first person we've had on twice, Sarah Taviani. Hi, guys. (laughs) I'm so excited to do this little, like, it's so different from what we've done in the past. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the first thing that I wanted to kind of say that, you know, like I said, we've all got very different follower numbers, but the thing about Instagram is, and the thing about our accounts too, is that it's a constant evolution like we are all constantly learning um and I think we've all made some big Instagram blunders archive feature um (laughs) I think the best thing to do would be to go around and just kind of give a basic rundown of you know how long we've been running our accounts and like I guess an idea of how they've changed yeah how they've changed okay so I started Bookstagram at the start of 2016 and... Totally secret. Yeah, no, I didn't actually tell any anyone. I had my I... suspicions that it was Caitlin when I found her account, but it still took me like two months to be like, um, Caitlin, so... is this you? <laughs> yeah. And then when I told uh, like my other friends as well, because I only really told all my friends and family that I had been doing this when we were starting the podcast because that was going to have my face on it. <laughs> And then, and I was like, yeah, so this account that has probably come up in your suggestions, that's me. And everyone was like, yeah, we know. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but when I started my account, it was at Books Baby and Books had three O's because two O's was taken. <laughs> and, oh God, I don't even, I've deleted all these photos since it was horrible. <laughs> so bad. I used to take photos like, at night, like in the dark, uh, in yeah. my room. Yeah. Yeah. Like, horrible. Um, and then I just kind of stopped somewhere in the middle of 2016. I was at the end of my degree. I got like really busy and I just stopped. And then at the start of 2017, I decided to start my blog and I renamed my Instagram to Justin Bookish Bay and have been, hopefully, it's a lot better now. I still think. <laughs> Way back then, it was probably not as good, and it's sort of getting better and better and better. I like your Instagram. Thank you. (laughs) How many followers do you have now? Okay, like six hundred and twelve or something like that. I am so bad, especially (laughs) lately, about actually getting on there and trying to engage with lots of other people. Mm. I just we'll come to that. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. Um, so mine. I I used to blog. Um, my blog used to be called Marie's Musings. Is my middle name? It's so Aww. embarrassing. I can't even remember what my Instagram handle was. It's something off that. 
um, I started Instagram when everyone started Instagram mm-hmm. and it was just, you know, a, a random picture of a book I was reading and then like two pictures of what I ate for lunch and, you know, just random stuff. So it just kind of was stagnant for a long time and I would have a bit of personal and a bit of um, books on there. And it was you who made me get a different account and tell me told me that I couldn't have, like I should separate it and have like books and personal life. Yes. Uh, before I went overseas the first time. I did. Yeah. But you didn't. You just don't really post that much personal stuff on it. Well, I do. Sometimes. I've, yeah. I've been posting every day on our holiday stuff. It's just the damn algorithm. No, no, wait. On. Wait. <laughs> wait. No, I, I said that you should have a separate book and personal one because mm. that's what I have. I started yeah. my own personal Instagram when everyone did. Yeah. But then started the book one. Yeah, no, and whereas I started an Instagram, which yeah. I've now turned into a book one. Yeah. Because that's the way it went. And my personal one is Unfinished Journey, and that's yeah. all my travel stuff. And I have been trying to post like every day or every second day with holiday pictures. And I have so many more to go through that like we're not even getting to. Um, <laughs> but, I guess I don't think of that one as a, a personal one. It's like a travel one. Oh, yeah, but it's like, I'll. Okay, we're getting into Sarah, it. what do you think? <laughs> um, so I I started out, I think I was a bit late to the Instagram game. I think my sister started Instagram before I did and she's like, when are you going to join Instagram? And I was like, whatever, I don't like taking photos. Um, so <laughs> I, at you now. Yeah, look at me now. Um, I started, I think the first photo that I ever took on Instagram was like a photo of the free boost that I got for my birthday. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, yeah. And then I got, um, I realized that I was taking quite a lot of pictures of books. So I started, I already, I think I started my commas and ampersands blog in 2014 in about April. And then by August, September, 2014, I decided that I would start my own bookish Instagram. Um, mostly because we were going overseas, we were going overseas to, America I think yeah we were going overseas to America and we had I had this idea I wanted to do this kind of hashtag called paint the town red and I would go and visit different bookish locations and I would take the books like for example we went to Chicago and I took my copy of Divergent and I was taking photos all around Chicago because I was like super excited um and yeah I took a few different books I have since learned from my mistakes and have made dust covers instead of actually carting around 11 books because that was fucking ridiculous. But um, (laughs) yeah, so I started around then and I've just kind of grown. I think the first year or so I had, it took me about a year to reach a thousand followers. Um, Like I think I reached a thousand followers at about the end of 2015, beginning of 2016 in 2016, it went from 1,000 to 20,000. Um, and oh, then in yeah. 2017, it went from 20,000 to about 28,000. And then this year, it's like, I'm still on 29,000. That's, that's amazing. That's, um, yeah, it's a bit all over so, the place. changes. Yeah. Though. Yeah, that you could go that much. I um I didn't get to say before that um I had like 600 for like 6 years and then this year I've gone up and I've just yesterday or the day before hit 1500. That's awesome. Which is like a big for me. Yeah, um 
<laughs> but I, I think it's, it's really interesting though that I think there's room for everybody and I was just listening to some great podcasts with um, Sarah Tasker from Me and Ola mm -hmm. and they, it, the people, I can't remember which one I was listening to and who was her guest but they were saying there's always room at the top for people yeah. um, and there's always, I think there's a belief as well that like Instagram is, you, you can't get the figures that you've got Sarah yeah. anymore um, but I also wanted people to know and um, Sarah Tasker's podcast is awesome for this that it, does, it actually isn't about the numbers either because if you have a smaller audience but really great engagement, yeah. that is just as important mm -hmm. as having a huge amount of numbers yeah, absolutely. and engagement. But you you have really great engagement because I, like, always see your comments and stuff and, and see the way. So you kind of hit the balance there. But I think um, if people are listening and are like, Automa don't automatically switch off because you think, I can't get to 29,000. Um, this, what we're going to talk about is like, I, I think for me anyway, like this is the fun of Instagram for me and I don't really yeah. worry too much about the followers, but, have, yeah, it's but followers is fun. And yeah. But yeah, we're going to, we're going to, in our real workshop today, we're going to help you have fun and make the most of bookstagram. Um, but before we start though, I just want to do like fun stuff. What are some of the bad decisions you made with photos in the past? Um, oh. So I want to start with like just using the Instagram filters and having a different filter for everyone Damn, and yeah. um, also using the terrible borders that they would have oh my as God, well. Like the, oh. What do they call it? Like the vignette or whatever it is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, but the what's the, the filter that has like the little old camera things around oh, yeah. it and everyone would use that and, yeah, using those filters is just, it's so cringeworthy. Yeah. I know. Go back to like my personal Instagram in like 2012. That's what it looks like. <laughs> it's so cringy. So I think, yeah, we all made that mistake. Is there any other ones you made that you were like, oh God? I mean, you mentioned before taking photos at night and. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, to, I had like a, a bookshelfy sort of unit thing against, um, on like against one of my walls and there was like black curtains behind it. And I used to take photos there. And the lighting would come in from like one window on one side and not on the other side. So I'd be like half lit and you would be able to see like the dust on the shelf. <laughs> oh. It was just like a black background. So unless it was like, you know, like a yellow book, like it didn't stand it didn't, out. Like yeah. it just looked so bad. I think about it now and it's just so bad. I know. <laughs> and it's really funny actually because now like my, all my feed very bright I use like the white backgrounds and my light green shelves and everything it's yeah. very colorful I think bright. we'll so get to that later in the evolved. photography help but yeah brightness okay. yeah Sarah did you have any I definitely took photos I can't even remember what it was I think we had like this old piano stool and I really liked the wood grain on that so I would like just put books on that and take photos of that in my bedroom at night terrible lighting and just be like look at the books I've read this month and um I just yeah I I don't even know what I was doing back then the the thing is that I haven't actually deleted any of the photos that I've taken because so many people are like how did you get to where you are now and they kind of assume that I've always been at this level and I'm like no 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 mate if you spend like it'll take you about 20 minutes, but if you spend 20 minutes scrolling back right to the beginning of my feed, you will see the evolution of like started at the bottom, now we're here. Like it's 
it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty eye-opening because I did it I, I did it myself a few weeks ago I was posting in my story yeah, saying I mean, like you know I mean, this is when I had my theme where I was doing this and here's where I started taking photos in like bookish outfits and here's where I started using this background and all that sort of stuff and it was like a bloody blast from the past going through and just going oh god that was an interesting phase I love looking through that and I think it is a real you're like oh yeah that's right everyone has flaws I have archived most of my mistakes because I just can't look at them they're so cool (laughs) bloody but please everyone know that they're there um I think the biggest lesson overall before we get into anything else is from Sarah Tasker again, and that is only post your best work, yeah. <laughs> like really only post your best work. And if there's one thing you take out of this today, it would be that. And also go and listen to Sarah's podcast as well, because it will give you heaps of tips. But um, I think the the first kind of, and I have built this little plan of what we're going to do wholly on a lot of questions that Sarah gets asked, asked all the time um so we but I've just kind of um put it into some sections so in terms of the basics um how do you actually decide you know do you need a theme because that's a that's a big discussion in the community and why do you post what you post and how do you know what to post especially when we're all posting every day um I don't think that you need a theme I think I mean I do have a theme at the moment, kind of. I use the same white background and every month I change the kind of feature colour that I'm using. So at the moment in July, it's a cream rug that I'm using. In August, it's a purple throw rug and I've kind of changed the colour every month this year. But before that, I was doing like just these plain pages with these like fake leave things sprinkled around. Um, I don't, I kind of... I mean, there's a difference between having the exact same layout for every photo that you use. Like that's one type of theme. And then other people have this kind of theme where they just use the same, they either use the same filter or they have the same kind of style that they imbue with, like all of their pictures have it. I think one person that I've seen who does it really well is, I think her name's, yeah, it's Carmen from Oh The Book Feels. And her account, it varies quite significantly in what she does um in what she takes photos of and what she posts but they all kind of have this same feel Feel. to it and so I can be scrolling through and even if it's something that she has never posted a photo of before I can just look at it and go that's Carmen's picture and like I can do the same with yours Michelle I just go through and I'm like that's Mm. Michelle's picture and I know it immediately so there are some I don't I know actually it's funny like you can't put into words what it is that makes you yeah yeah I agree with you though there Sarah about that Michelle your feed really does have quite a cohesive feel which is really interesting because you hate themes and you're like I'll post whatever I want and you do so many different things but it's still and I can't tell you what editing I do because I mainly like I don't use a filter per se I mainly just edit brightness and contrast and stuff yeah we'll come to that but yeah it's weird that you say that I'm like how how do you know that yeah I don't know I just (laughs) see it in a certain angle or it's like a certain focus or something and I'm like yep that's Michelle's photo and I can do that for most people because I only follow I think it's fewer than 300 people that I follow at the moment so it's really um I know most people's photo styles quite well because I'm not like through 6,000 people that I follow or something like that so I kind of, if I see someone's photo in my feed that I don't recognize, I'm like, 
what's happening what's like who is this person and it's usually someone who's gone on like an extended hiatus or something and they've just come back and they're trying out a new style but almost every other person I could just look at it and go I may not even know their um I may not even know their username off by heart but I know the feel of their photos yeah Yeah, I think it's really interesting but I agree with that with a lot of people as well and I think I I I intentionally do this with my photos Mm, I sort of use the same sort of and it's just backgrounds I yeah and the same sort of backgrounds and it's just worked out that way because like that's like my best location to take Mm. photos and this sort of minty green is like one of my favorite colors and that happens to be the color of my desk and my bookshelf and that's where I take so like the sort of colors and the brightness and things like that it just sort of flows through most photos um and I guess that is intentionally done by me do you keep the the top nine in in mind Yes, only in the way that I like, know you I don't... wouldn't post two mint green things next to each other. I don't. I just like I don't want to do like you know two shelfies in a row. Or, yeah, yeah. Me too, though. Like if I, especially I'll because think about that, but yeah, like, I do. and I'll I'll explain my process a little bit later. But because I have some of the same shots for like different angles and stuff from the same setup, essentially, I kind of wait until I know that's out of the main feed and yeah. then and I won't ever I try not to do it I get a bit OCD about like doing like I won't have them on top of each other like it'd have to be a different part of the grid mm-hmm. if that yeah. makes sense because I'm like oh it looks too much like a pattern yeah. otherwise so um but I decide what to post mostly because of Sarah's challenge mm-hmm. and I know Caitlin you're the same I do a lot of challenges yes and yeah. this is one of them <laughs> yeah um so hashtag ampersand 2018 um when you kind of come out with your challenges at the end of the month I usually try and make sure that it's at least a week before the end of the month I'll start posting Mm -hmm. them on my story and I'll have a blog post up saying okay here's the challenge here are the prompts and I'll also explain what the prompts mean and how you can interpret them because I think in Mm -hmm. a lot of in a lot of book challenges a lot of people are like um, post about your favorite book boyfriend or post about a book on top of a chair with sunglasses on top of it like they get very very specific in some of the challenges which is great because it means that they know exactly what they're going to post but at the same time I prefer being able to kind of scroll through and see a wide variety of things so I tend to try and use just one word to get my point across and I'll so if for example I had a few people who were con- who were confused because I set one prompt I think earlier this year and it was burn And I was saying, you know, light up some bookish candles. And they were like, well, I don't have any bookish candles. What do I do? And I was like, okay, well, you can talk about like catching fire, for example, or a character that makes you burn with rage or a book that has a fire in it or like go out in the sun and talk about books in the sun or something like that. Like there's so many different ways that you can interpret it. And I think that's what's really important when I create the challenge. If I find a prompt and there's no two ways to interpret it, then I leave the prompt behind. Mm. yeah I think that's a really good way of looking at things too it is what I like about it and I just had I'm just gonna have to tell this story because I just Mm. remembered it it's very funny so um Michelle and I also our friend Indy is a bookstagrammer Mm -hmm. um taps life on books and she's also doing Indy's embellished books at the moment oh and and P.S. They both just snuck into my house while I was in the shower before we recorded this and scared (laughs) the life out of me (laughs) 
anyway. Um, it was quite funny after yeah. I recovered from the shock. That's right. So a few months ago, probably, Sarah, one of your challenges must have had the prompt like socks or something for a Sunday, like <laughs> sock Sunday. So all three of us posted like a sock Sunday photo and one of our other friends screenshotted them and sent them to us and was like, did you guys plan this? And we were like, no, but it was the prompt and Sock Sunday is like a thing in the Instagram <laughs> community, you know. It was and just so, like, what is this cult? Yeah. So, it was really what funny. Happens. But, I mean, yeah. it's the same with anything, isn't it? You always see a lot of socks and a lot of shelfies and, like, map Mondays mm-hmm. and all those yeah. things. So, I started doing that yeah. um, for my August challenge because I've been doing these challenges since March 2016 so it gets a little bit difficult to kind of keep finding words that will evoke a certain feeling that I haven't used before I try not to use too many words that I've used before unless it's something like socks or shelfie or something like that because that's going to be a standard but for my August challenge I just put that together and I started taking photos for it Um, I started trying to incorporate some of the hashtags like Fandom Friday and Sock Sunday and all those sorts of things, mostly because I wanted to be able to use more than one word without it actually having spaces between it. So yeah, I've got a few of those, got a few of those coming up. And I think maybe that'll make people feel more comfortable because they tend to, I feel like a lot of people sometimes shy away from my challenge because they're like, it's too broad. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, all right, here are some more comfortable things that you might be familiar with. Yeah. yeah some people do want a bit yeah. more direction mm. but it is interesting because I um you know compare like lots of different challenges and sometimes we'll use one or two prompts yeah. or go between different ones and sometimes the you know they're too specific and I'm it's like, like a I whole just, sentence and I'm like yeah. and I'm I like oh, I don't want to post about my top three you know <laughs> summer boyfriend. books that are yeah. red white yeah. and blue or whatever that was all the prompts in July especially because we don't live in America yeah exactly yeah so it's no, so difficult when they're coming out with some American holiday like Thanksgiving or something like that and you're like ah I want to help you but I also don't have anything to do with this so what am yeah. like I'll try and think of something I'm like thanks or freedom or something or other and I also try and keep that in mind when I'm creating prompts for Christmas or New Year's or something like mm-hmm. that, like for people who don't, who aren't like celebrating Christmas, if they celebrate, if they celebrate Ramadan or they celebrate Hanukkah or something like that, instead of just putting Christmas, I don't want someone to feel left out because they don't celebrate it and they don't have a, they don't have a Christmas tree in their house. So I'll just use a more broad prompt like celebrate or something like that. I don't want them to feel like mm-hmm. they can't participate in any bookish challenge just because everyone's going post a photo of your Christmas tree yeah exactly absolutely so I think uh to wrap that section up you don't need a theme if you want to do a theme you do you um but I think also play around and decide what you like and I think naturally you'll get apparently I've somehow done somehow you you will end up you will end up yeah you will end up with something that reflects you and I think that's what you should be aiming for not trying to copy some other bookstagrammer because they're cool like just go with and and try and find something that suits you and that you like and you feel comfortable doing yeah I think on that note like at the moment you see so many people with that kind of very natural laid back like browns and earthy tones themes at the moment and I've had a couple of people like Mm -hmm. message me and say should I try doing that theme like do you think it's too overused 
And I don't think it's too overused as long as you feel comfortable with it. I, for a while, was like, you know, all those people are getting all the likes. Maybe I should just do that. Maybe I should give up this white, bright theme that I love. And I have that I have that mm. moment probably like once a month where I'm just sitting there going, everything's shit. This algorithm mm. sucks. Maybe I should just do what everyone else is doing. And I think it's fine to do that if that's what feels comfortable. But then I kind of sit there and go, actually, no, I really like having a white background. I really like having a lot of color in there and all that sort of stuff. So you can have a theme, but the important thing is to post what you love and to post how you love books, not just sitting there going, I need, I need to post only with browns and creams and I need to put that little speckledy filter thing over my photo so it looks like an old mm-hmm. photo. Like I don't think you have to do that to be yeah. successful. I think that's what a lot of people do and when so many people are doing that, I, that's when I start to lose track of whose photo is whose when I'm scrolling through. I'm like, I don't, who is this? Yeah. Is this this person? Is this this person? I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk yeah. about photography now. Um, and I know there's a lot of questions you get, Sarah, about how people yeah. should take photos. So let's all go through and talk about what we take our photos with. Who wants to start? I have an iPhone 6. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I have a Nikon DSLR and I also use my partner's Google phone sometimes because I only have an iPhone 5S and it's not the great unless not that great unless you have really good light. Um, the caveat on that is my DSLR was bought because I studied photography in a class at uni and then I kind of found that I really loved taking pictures with it. And also I had it sitting on my shelf for ages and I was like, why am I waiting for a holiday? Why don't I take book pictures yeah. with this instead of setting them yeah. up for my iPhone? So I I do that because I genuinely love having my DSLR. I started out with, I don't even remember what brand it was, but it was just like a point and shoot camera. And that was the one that I took to America. And that was the one that I took most of my paint the town red photos on to begin with. And then there's this one mm-hmm. shot where we went to the wizarding world of Harry Potter And I couldn't get it with my camera. Like I just could not get the angle that I wanted because it was like my arm wasn't long enough to hold the book out. And so my mum kind of stood back and she took the photo on her DSLR and I was like, holy shit, that looks amazing. So from then on, I was like, can I borrow your camera? And she's like, yeah, sure. And then I would borrow it for several months and she wouldn't see it again. Um, and eventually I ended up buying that camera from her when it's a Nikon D3300. And so I bought that camera from her when she upgraded to, I think, a D5300 or something or other. So that's now mine. She doesn't have to get mad at me for borrowing it. Um, but yeah, that's what I take. That's what I take my pictures on. So... The question you get asked a lot, Sarah, is do you need a DSLR? And I I think you absolutely no, do not. I don't think you do at all. Don't you don't some of the people yeah, some to, of the people whose photos I admire the most and I expect them to be a DSLR, they're just like, Oh no, I'm just taking photos on my phone. And I don't know whether they are using like some of them use amazing apps to make their photos look that good, and some of them just have really amazing phones. Like I think the Google phone that you mentioned, I think a friend of mine has that phone and she was taking photos and I was like, oh my God, how is that camera that good? Like it's, it's just stunning. So I don't think that you need, I don't think that you need a DSLR and I don't think that you need to go out and buy 
any kind of camera. I think you just need to make sure that whatever you're using, you're using it to its best advantage. Like you're kind of, I would always Google things if I didn't know how to do it. I would Google something and be like, how do I do this on my phone? How do I adjust this on my phone? How do I adjust this on my camera? And I would just kind of go through that and figure out what it was that, what it was that people were doing because I wanted to be able to do that myself. So I would just Google it until I had the answer. So there's definitely ways that you can make your phone look incredible. And I mean, there are so many photos that Caitlin takes that I love on her feed. And I know you're taking them on an iPhone. Like mm-hmm. I just, and not even a new iPhone. Like I've had my yeah. phone for like two and a half years. I am planning on upgrading in the next couple of months, but. But it's not, yeah. yeah. It's, I, I like the, the reason I have the camera I do is because I have an interest in photography, photography outside. Exactly. Um, I think I'm about to do my first shift as a sports photographer at work for the, the weekend. So, you know, I, I have an interest in, in that. And part of the fun of book photography for me is yep. playing it's around with my camera. Photos, yeah. But and I think the other thing I think is interesting is that all of the, like bloggers and everything across, you know, across the board, not just mm. book bloggers, um, with all these fancy cameras and the bottom line is Instagram is an app like you can't mm. even really use it mm. on the computer or anything yeah. it's the photos are meant to be yeah. viewed from your phone mm-hmm. like yeah and I mean I do decrease um yeah, the size of my images mm. yeah um but I think also the key is not even what you're taking the photo with it's yeah your composition and stuff. Yeah. So let's talk about what makes a good bookstagram pick. What is going to make us double tap? Um, oh, so many. <laughs> um, I don't know. Let me, okay. What's going to make I think something tap? with good lighting is important. Lighting. And as long as it's yes, like good in light. focus, there's a, there's so many photos that I kind of oh, scroll yeah. through and I'm like, that's really good. And then I click on it and I'm like, oh, what what are you focused on are you focused on the wall because none of your books like all of your books are blurry I can't actually Mm. see the I can't actually see the spine so it looks great when you're scrolling kind of through your explore feed or something and it's really tiny and you kind of just get the gist of what's happening but when you kind of tap on it and go into a bigger screen it's like oh that's that's way out of focus especially important now that there's a zoom function (laughs) on instagram (laughs) Um, I think the lighting is a big thing and I actually love really bright photos like Sarah mm-hmm. I, I love your like colorful bright that's that's what I like so I'm more likely to double tap on that mm-hmm. um, me too yeah anything bright clean I love a minimalist thing I'm not a fan of like cluttered rainbow pictures and stuff just because that's not me so Mm. I love something minimal and where the where one book is the focus and I'm not trying to work out what the photo is about so yeah yeah I tend to agree but as we said before you do you (laughs) um so let's talk about flat lays this is yeah I love a good flat lay they are hard to do though they can be hard yeah but you can Google a lot of things about yes. how to do a good flat lay. I well. love a good flat lay with like lots of different things in mm. it. Like one of my favorite shots to like set up, I, I will usually do them like on the weekend and I'll have like socks on and a cup of tea and my book and my glasses and like maybe a blanket underneath and 
maybe a snack or something. So I've got it and just like do like a cozy little setup. Yeah. So nice. Can we yeah. talk about how difficult like soft Sunday really photos cool. are though? Like they break. Yeah. Because you have to stand out there. Oh, and I mean, okay, so in some ways doing it with a DSLR and I have my, I put my travel lens on for it because it's a lot um, wider. The problem then is that my arm nearly falls off because it's really damn heavy. heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yep, um, definitely. Actually, guys, I have a great tip from Sarah Tasker's podcast again, which is that you can put your phone on self-timer and stick it in your mouth and put your hands in the shot. And that is how I've been getting my hands in photos oh I always assume that when your hands are in the photo it means that Jack took it it used to once but since I heard this on um actually I think I saw it on Sarah's Instagram tips and I was like oh my god life changed so probably for the last two months I've been having a lot of hands in shots because of that and also that helps with your flat lays too um I just find because you can get up higher than mm. you think. So I've been taking some flat lays with Jack's yep. camera too on self-timer. Um, yeah. So, guys, that's good. That's genius. I know. Um, if you hashtag it, grin and share it as well. I think that's the hashtag she was using, which is quite fun. So I've this has actually been a bit of a break for me this past few months because I didn't used to use my phone at all to do photos and now some of my most liked photos over the past few months have been taken on my phone because I wanted to have my hands in the photos. So I think that shows that composition mm. really is a key. Um, I really like it when you've got hands, people, things in photos yeah. because it adds yeah. a warmth to it. Yeah. And I think and coziness, coziness is big. And everyone's pets. Like, yes. you know who I think my favourite Instagram pets are? <laughs> Your cat Leo, Sarah. Yes. Is a- so I cannot wait oh, for him to be in Instagram photos. Yes, but also, <sighs> yeah, but also, um, I'm not sure what their dogs' names are, but um, Kate and Simone's dogs that keep showing up in oh, the yeah. tails and the Oh no, goodness! Yeah, King Charles Cavalier. I love <gasps> them. They're so She's cute. So gorgeous. Yes, yeah. Kate's um, photos are always really cozy as well. Yeah, and I think Kate just uses her phone mm. um and that's another account people should check out if they want to see that you can do amazing things and get a great following just with the mm. phone um yes I love their photos so cute <laughs> oh gosh and um also Tamsin's cat yeah um yeah, babbling okay. books yeah okay. so cute um so props how do you decide what props to use? This is especially important for you, Sarah, because you do um, have a lot of props I in your kind photos. of just wander around my house and pick things. I yeah, I have we call them pipinatos, which is like an Italian thing that my grandma used to my nonna used to call them. Um and it that just basically meant like little things that sit on the shelf and gather dust if you're not using them. So it's like pop vinyls or like candles or something like that. So but we, our house is kind of filled with pipinatos and we kind of, I just walk around and go, okay, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. Like my, um, I posted a photo a little while ago uh, of, it was like a Ravenclaw theme and 
like looking at it now there's a lot of props in there and that was mostly just I could have probably put more things in there now that I'm thinking about it because I'm like there's actually so many things that I just forgot about but just looking at it now I'm like yeah I just grabbed that from that shelf I grabbed this from over here I just kind of scooped a whole bunch of shit into my arms and just kind of hobbled off to my flat lay board with it um but yeah I just kind of I let the books do the talking I guess if there's like, for example, if I post about mm. Harry Potter, I have so many Harry Potter props because that's what I love. Yeah. So yeah, I just have so many little things around my house that I use and I try and if possible, I try and kind of theme them according to the color. Like I'll get candles that have the same color as a book or a similar color as a book. I'll get, mm. um, blankets and it's been a lot easier as well with my like changing the color every month for my flat lays has been a lot easier because I'm like all right here are all my purple props here are all my blue props like here's what I want to do here's how I can use these so it's kind of given me the option to not only um not only change things up but also use some things that I haven't used in ages just because I'm like oh no that color doesn't suit this yeah I think that's really interesting. I think the funniest thing with like props for photos is that I, if I really think about it, I have yeah. used lots of random things. Oh. I have, you know, like glasses and mugs and things. You know that glasses are my favorite. They're a standard, but I like yeah. makeup, handbags, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. denim jacket, leather jacket, blankets. I need to work out a way to get so my many handbag things. with lemons all over it. Yes. <laughs> Caitlin just saw it. She's like, I love it. It's so cute. It's so cute. I need to work out a photo with that um, once I've you know, got back into the yeah. group of Instagram. Um, so the other thing, Sarah, is where do you take your photos to make sure that you have good lighting and do you have like a lighting um, I do now. I have since, uh, well, I used to live, I used to live somewhere completely different and I, that was like during my forest years where we ha- we were living right next to like a nature reserve so mm-hmm. I could kind of go out and take more photos in nature because I literally just had to walk 10 meters and I was in a forest and so I would take a lot of photos outdoors and I had that yeah. kind of natural light um for my flat lays since I've moved back to this house which has been about a little over two years now I moved we have a lot of windows in this house fortunately um but I kind of I I have a lot of respect for people who can just like put things on the ground and just stand over it and take photos I can't seem to do that I don't know whether I just have a really bad back or whether I'm just hopeless at it but I have to kind of have my flat lays elevated so that I can be standing at a normal height and be taking the photos if I want a slightly different angle and then if I want to get up higher I'll get up on a step ladder but I put every I put my flat lay board on the dining table I push the dining table against a wall closest to a window. So there's a window on the right side of my flat lay board, like on my right hand side. And so I kind of open the blinds, get the light coming in. And then there are a few different windows around the room where I'll open them up just to get some kind of background lighting. And that, that worked pretty well for a while. And then I think earlier this year, maybe in February or January or February, like when it was the wet months, when there was just storms every single day it felt like everything was so dark and I was getting really annoyed with the fact that because I'll take a lot of photos at the same time I'll try and take like an entire month's worth of photos in a weekend but 
I just every time a weekend rolled around I didn't have any any good light and I was like this is bullshit I'm so sick of this so I found like a cheap lighting kit on eBay I think and bought that and I don't even I don't even think it came close to being a hundred dollars and I ended up getting three like photo lights um so like big massive photo lights and I just I used two of them so I have I now have the light coming in from the window on the right hand side uh one of the lights kind of at the top left looking down and one of the lights about level with my shoulders when I'm standing on the ground um lighting it from the bottom so I just have I have that kind of lighting to to boost it and that's actually helped a lot because it means that even if the sun's going down or something like that I still have enough lighting to kind of get me through a few more hours so that actually means that I can get an entire month's worth of photos done in three days rather than sitting there going okay I'll just have to wait until next week I'll do these a week at a time or something like that it's definitely really really helped me and yeah so it just means that the photos that are lit really well I don't have to edit them as much for light and exposure and the photos that are taken slightly later in the day I edit them a little bit more for exposure just to get it looking even but I can still keep taking them far for far longer than I would have been able to if I'd just been relying on the window yeah yeah I think since I moved to the house that I'm in now um I haven't been using my lighting kits just because I lived in a really dark house before and this house has so many windows. There is windows all over the walls. It's crazy. But what that means sometimes is that I will take a quick photo, like set up something um, before I go to work. Sometimes I'm late for work. Um, Or like we have um, what is an old meat safe as our like little hallway cabinet thing. And I take a lot of my photos on that because there are two, there's a basically a wall of windows and there are like little movable shutters on the outside. So I just open the shutters up, get as much light in. Yeah. The whole, the walls are all white. Mm-hmm. Um, if I need any more light, I can open up the door too. And I just find that a really good space for doing, doing different photos and stuff. And then it's a nice white background. I also use our dining room table and I, I dread to think what the neighbours <laughs> think when they see me doing flat lays like standing up on top of the um on top of the chair and then like leaning over the table and stuff my thumbs towards the window like it just probably looks unfortunate the fact that our dining room Um, is at the back of our house rather than at the front so there's actually no neighbors that can see me when I'm like climbing all over the table (laughs) (laughs) um I think though lighting the ebay lighting kit because that's what where i got mine too is so good if you struggle with low light yeah because it's actually does the look quite on. natural when you look up. yeah yeah um so editing how do you guys edit um i feel like i well i was about to say i feel like i shave my head in shame but not really i no. edit my photos in instagram i usually will adjust the brightness just a bit, just like make it look a bit better. And I use the same filter for every photo, never at full strength, usually no. at like 50% or something like that. What filter do you use? Uh, Clarendon. Oh, yeah, I've heard people say that they use that one. It's a really, really beautiful filter. I actually mm. use it on, on my all my photos, like on my personal Instagram as well. I really find that, that photo, this is going to sound so funny, but that filter 
makes my eyes bluer and my hair darker and like it just looks like my eyes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um if I sometimes I edit in Instagram and I but I don't put a filter on, what I do is just go, um, you know, when you can see the filters, oops, I just hit the microphone. You can see the filters and then there's like another little edit thing and then you can do all the brightness and stuff. Yeah. I literally just do it in there. In brightness. And yeah. Stuff, yeah. Um my other thing that I use is um disco and I can't remember what I just use the free filters on that. Um, and then adjust the brightness and stuff in that and the crop and, um, yeah, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I find this girl a little bit better for doing that. I also sometimes use colour story, but it depends on the type of photo as well. Yeah. Uh, also I use Photoshop um, for photos on my camera, but um, I only really use that when I need to. I just do brightness, contrast levels and sometimes I dodge or burn specific bits that like if there's a shadow on something or something glided like I'll just change that a little bit um and that's that's about all I I, that. <laughs> I used to do um I used to do my editing in Photoshop when I was taking photos um on my point and shoot camera or when I was taking photos with my phone um, but since I started using the DSLR, because I have to, like, I have to insert the SD card to transfer them to my phone anyway. So I have to, like, put them on my computer and then transfer them over to my phone because it's it doesn't have, like, a Wi-Fi capability or anything like that. So I just, I think I used a Photoshop free trial for a little while and then I decided that I liked it enough that I wanted to learn more about it. So I ended up going on a Photoshop plan and just doing all my editing in Photoshop, which has given me the opportunity to not only adjust like the lights and um, like I tend to do exposure, brightness, vibrance and saturation, and then a little bit of retouching if there's, for example, I spilled blueberries all over my, um, all over my photo board the other week. So there's a couple of times where I have to go in there and kind of edit that, edit that blue smudge out because that was a really intelligent thing for me to do and I have to repaint the board soon. Um, but yeah, I, um, I do that and that's given me the opportunity to try out a few more, um, not really technical, but a few more adventurous edits lately. So I've tried, yeah, I've tried doing a few different yeah, things. I'm loving that. It's like yeah. climbing your PBR and scary ones. I love the one with the like eight arms. That was really yeah. Cool. That was a great. One. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's given me the opportunity to do that, and that also because of the field that I want to work in, which is like communications or social media or something like that. I when someone's like, "Oh, do you have any experience with Photoshop?" I'm like, "Heck yes, I do," because I use it every single day. So yeah, there's been a lot of tutorials that I've watched, and it's <laughs> actually. I think made me more hireable because I can do a lot of things and figure out a lot of things that other people don't even realize that they could figure out on their own. Yeah, absolutely. And I think anyone using Instagram as a hobby and stuff yeah, should keep exactly. that in mind, like what skills it gives you that can make you more hireable in your real life. Um, so account issues. Um, there is a pressure, and we've talked about this a lot, Caitlin, yeah. to buy all the books Bookstagram, um, you know, there's like there are people who collect like hundreds and hundreds of classics and stuff like that, and they seem to always have the most amazing photos. And when you don't have that much money or a budget, you kind of sit there and think, 
oh, like, I'm never going to get that many followers because I don't own that many books. Mm -hmm. Not true. Um, But how do you deal with that? And what do you, like, you don't need a lot of books to be successful. How How do you cope with that? I actually have a really good story about this. So a week or two ago when you were still away, Michelle, I had... I don't know what had happened on the weekend because I take all my photos each weekend for about, I try and prepare for about a week and a half in case anything else happens and I have a few spares back up Um, and I take all these different photos and I got to like on like a Wednesday morning or something like two weeks ago, I was like, I have absolutely nothing that I can post or want to post. I think the only spares I had looked too similar to previous photos you from that me, week. Yeah, you asked me for advice about this. No, actually, that was a different time. Oh, okay. I've, I've been really bad at it the past couple of weeks, but actually, yeah, that time I ended up posting a photo of the both of us and just plugging better words. Yeah. But this time, um, <laughs> so I had parked my car that morning in front of this really cool blue wall and I had to go and buy lunch anyway. So on my lunch break... I went and bought the book Ninja from Big W, which I actually did. I, I'm so glad I bought and I do really want to read. But, like, I was desperate for a photo and I was like, I really I don't want this to be. I was like, what can I do? So I went and bought the book. I wanted to buy it anyway. I came back. I quickly took a photo of it in front of that blue wall in front of my car and then ate my lunch. <laughs> and posted it and I did say I was like I went book shopping on my lunch break but I didn't add in <laughs> because I didn't have a photo <laughs> <laughs> so that's my most recent um pressure to buy books for bookstagram photo although I do really want to read it and I am so glad I bought it mm. but that's just one example <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's funny yeah so that's a behind the bookstagram story yeah anyone else I was just gonna say I don't I have kind of been on a strict-ish book buying ban for a while now because I literally have an entire bookshelf of books Mm -hmm. that I own and that I haven't read and at one point it was like over 200 books and I had an actual dream that my bookshelf fell down on me and crushed me to death so that was the moment where I was like okay now is the time to stop (laughs) buying books until you've read all of these So it's, I've kind of forced myself to get through them and I'm getting through them with a lot of help from audiobooks at the moment, Um, mostly because a lot of them were classics or something that's old enough that it has been released on audiobook and my library has bought it. So I really haven't bought many books in a while. And most of my, like looking at my bookshelves right now, most of my books I have either had for years, like even before Bookstagram started. Some of them are from subscription boxes that I get every month, which I don't count as part of my book buying ban. Don't tell my bookshelves. Um, and the rest, like a lot of them are secondhand. I, I don't have an issue with buying them secondhand. And I've kind of, a lot of people sit there and they're like, oh, have you bought this latest book? And I'm like, I think because I've been using so many audiobooks from the library, and realizing that I don't have to buy new books I'm like why would I buy that if I don't know whether or not I like it and it's it's become like a very different mindset because I used to be like oh I have to go and buy that book and read it and then I would unhaul it later if I didn't end up liking it and I'm like why would I do that why can't I just wait for it to be in at the library like 
and it's be, it's changed my outlook so much because like yeah I get a few books from publishers I get books from subscription boxes and everything like that but I really don't feel the need I, I used to be one of those people and I think a lot of us are because bookstagram you see so many beautiful books and you're like I need that I need that I need that um like you'd go into a bookstore or something or you'd just walk past a bookstore and be like I just have to check and then you'd come out with about five different books and yeah. now I'll be walking like I'll go shopping yeah. with my mum or something and we'll just be walking past and she'll be like oh do you want to check in Dimix or do you want to check in the book section in Big W and I'm like no actually I'm okay and it's like it's happened a few times lately yeah like she was we were out shopping for something specific and she's like do you want to go and look in this bookstore and I was like I don't need to and she looked at me and she's just like are you okay and I was like yeah I'm fine she's like you're not like are you upset about something and I was like no I'm fine I just I just don't need to buy a book at the moment and she like I don't know whether it was fear or pride in her eyes but I was I was pretty happy with it (laughs) I um, I bought a lot of books while we were overseas but I did that because I haven't like I didn't buy stuff before because I knew that I was gonna go crazy overseas like I I wanted to buy books overseas and I wanted to buy books that I couldn't get in Australia yeah so I bought lots of hardback copies of books by authors whose work I know I'll love um with the exception of um one book which was new to me and I was convinced to get that one because it was set in Brixton, which is where we stayed in London. So I was like, that's a nice memory of like, I bought this book because we were staying there. Yeah. Also have already taken book photos in Brixton. But anyway, um, it was like, okay, that's a cool little like, I was there. Yeah. Um, in Ireland, I bought a lot of books yeah. as well, but I bought a lot of secondhand books because we would find random little tiny bookshops that were secondhand and I would go in and be like what female Irish authors do you recommend or what Irish authors do you recommend not James Joyce you know like Mm -hmm. what what would you recommend that and I wanted to buy Irish books specifically because I wanted to read the literature of the place that I went um the one exception was I did buy Frankenstein by Mary Shelley because I found a really cool little indie um, graphic design company that did its own um, publications of a couple of different classics probably about 10 classics and the covers were just so awesome and I knew it was this like indie small press thing from Ireland and so that was like a nice souvenir as well it's a really beautiful edition it's Wait gorgeous it. I'm excited <laughs> to take photos of it um, it's so minimal I love it it's just me um, but in England as well I bought a lot of books back because um my friend Grace gave me like three different proof copies that she had that she had read and was in her it was in her box of books to give away and she was like yeah go through take what you want and they were ones that I'd really been looking forward to so I I did try to get stuff and I did get my hands on something that was only just being released as we left as well which was exciting but I I when I posted that I always feel guilty if I post a big full stack like that because I want to be like this is not my normal life I'm so yeah. cautious with buying things usually but 
we live in a regional area and we don't have access yeah. to all these amazing independent bookshops. Mm-hmm. And in schools, I felt really proud of those book stacks because I'd look at them and be like, yep, that was an independent bookshop. That was an independent bookshop. Like a lot of them were little places that we went in little tiny villages. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Like I'm spreading my money around. I did buy a couple in Waterstones, but a lot of them from small places that I went mm. in little villages and I think it depends like if you want to if that's what you want to spend your money on I think a lot of people kind of miss that memo they kind of sit there and go how do you have so much money to spend on books and I'm like well it's because I don't really spend much money on anything else like I don't enjoy drinking I don't enjoy going yeah. out clubbing or anything like that I don't I have a lot of food intolerances, so I actually can't eat out a lot of the time. I have to make my own food at home and take leftovers for every lunch. So a lot of the, and I don't drink coffee because coffee makes me sick. So a lot of the things that people spend money on, like a lot of their disposable income, if I do want to buy books, then my, most of my disposable income can go to books because I don't, I don't want to or can't spend my money on things that other people want to spend their money on. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you do not yeah. have to have those books. Keep it good on Bookstagram. Like if you look at all of our feeds, yeah. you'll see a lot of the same books coming up again and again too, I think. And like there was one, I I used to have like a strict rule with myself that I would only post like a book once while I was reading it or whatever. And this year I've just been like, eh, stop that. I'll post it whenever I want. I took about like six photos of Brooklyn because I was reading it for so long and yeah. they're all really different and they didn't post them next to each other. But if you go back and look, you'll see that, and it's just like because I was reading that book yeah, for so yeah. long, it just was so many photos. So, uh, yeah, we we use a lot of the same photos again, a lot of the same books again and again. Of course, yeah, especially yeah. our favorite like Lovers Way and stuff like yeah. that. We always use those. I, know. I feel yeah. like my feed basically alternates yeah. between current <laughs> reads, Lovers Way and Harry Potter. Yeah. Oh yeah, we all use Harry Potter a lot. But that's also in one of those things where we talked about like deciding what you post. I'll look at your challenges, Sarah, and then I'll always leave a couple of days where I'm like, I'll post whatever I'm reading now and I don't know what that is yet. Um I think I might have sent you the the kind of spreadsheet that I use, but a lot of it is like I color code things and I'll be like, All right. I used to and I don't know why I did this because I feel so stupid now, but I would kind of just set my photo challenges and just pick a whole bunch of words that I really liked and just put them in as the days. And then I, I wouldn't think about what I was going to do. I would just be like, oh, people can make something cool out of this. And then it would get to the time where I had to take a photo of it. And I'd be like, I don't know what I want to take a photo of. And then I was like, it's your bloody challenge. Like, so now I've started, like when I create a challenge, <laughs> I will go through and figure out exactly what I want to post for each day. And then I find a word that I associate with that and I will make that the challenge prompt so that I'm not sitting there going, I don't know what to do because it's like, if my challenge, if I don't know what to do, then how is anyone else going to figure it out? So I just make sure that I know exactly what I want to post. And yeah, I just go from there because if sometimes I'll be like, all right, there's a lot of, when I'm creating my challenges, I kind of think about like, was there any famous book published on this day? Was there any famous author birthday? Was there um, like, is there some kind of national day, like, um, like 4th of July or something like that? And I'll just be sitting there going, okay, here's how I can interpret that. And here's how I can work it in. But if I can't figure out how to do that photo for myself, then I don't post it as one of my prompts. And I really Mm -hmm. don't know why I did that from the beginning. Like just did whatever Um, now I'm like it's so much easier so much easier why didn't you do this 
<laughs> That's pretty funny. Nah. Do you no. still post I twice a day? I went through a Sarah? phase where I was, like, when I first started my Instagram, I was posting pretty much whenever I wanted. Sometimes it would be in a big batch. Sometimes it would be I'd leave a few days between. And then I think I was posting, I think it went yeah, from I posting once a day to posting cool. twice a day to posting three times a day. And then I was, and then I was like, Jesus Christ, this is too much. So I went oh back down God. to posting two times a day. And now I'm only posting once a day. I'll only post twice a day if... I either have a rep, something to do with my um, rep content that I need to post, like an unboxing for the YA Chronicles, or if a publisher has specifically said, like, we want mm-hmm. um, we want to have you, uh, like, for example, if there's a book that's being released and they're like, oh, would you mind publish, uh, would you mind publishing your post on the day that the book is published? And so if it doesn't fit into what I had already planned because I planned yeah. quite far ahead, I'll maybe post an extra photo on that day. But I yeah these days I'm just down to one photo a day and it's so much less stressful um I don't know how I did three photos a day I don't know how I kept coming up with that much content but this is much less stressful and it gives me the opportunity to just go okay I only need to take like max 32 photos or 33 photos for this entire month and that's like of course I can get through that in a weekend because that's a lot easier than taking 90 photos in a weekend Oh my god. But I think that was like at the height of when my Instagram was really blowing up. Like that was the days before the algorithm. That was the days when um you know, if you posted three times a day, people saw it. And so it was strategic posting. It was okay, I'm gonna post one photo when I wake up. I think it was maybe one photo like when I wake up or at 10 a.m. or something, one photo at 3 p.m. and one photo at 9 p.m. And it would be like, all right, the morning photo will hit um, this time zone. The afternoon photo is perfect for this time zone. And the night photo is going to hit these people who are just waking up or they're just going to sleep or something. So it was very strategic back in those days when everything was coming up in your feed as you saw it. And that's how I kind of, I think that's how I built my following mostly because I was not just targeting my own time zone. I was also targeting sitting there going, okay, well, these people, if they wake up at this time, then they're going to be going to work at this time. That's probably when they're most likely on their phones because they're on their commute. These people are most likely going to be checking theirs around lunchtime. These people are going to be checking those before they go to bed. So I would literally sit there and go, okay, I've got three times a day that I need to post. And I would post one photo that was just for myself. I'd post one photo from someone else's challenge and I would post one photo from my challenge. And that's how I, that's how I built it. But the algorithm has completely changed that. And so now I don't see why I would put the extra pressure on myself if it's actually not going to get me anything. Mm, Absolutely. Um, Not really. Like I know that I usually tend to post anywhere between 6 and 9 p.m. every day. Um, Like it depends. Sometimes I'll try and do it earlier if I want to go to bed earlier or something like that. Um, But I'll usually post them around 9 o'clock at the moment. Um, and I write my captions ahead of time and I know what photo I'm posting ahead of time, but I don't use any kind of scheduling thing. I just write my notes on my computer because I do, and it's easier that way because I do all of my photo editing on my computer in Photoshop. I have all my photos on my computer. So I just sit there and go, okay, write a caption for this. And I have all the captions ready to go. And I just send the photos and the captions to myself through an email and just save them to my phone in my notes section. Oh wow! Yeah, that's really cool. 
Um, Caitlin and I both use Plannerly. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a limit to how many photos you can upload per month, but I find that some days I'll still be up at 9.30, so I will post mm-hmm. um, through yeah, sometimes Instagram. Sometimes I do it manually, sometimes yeah. it's scheduled. But if I yeah. know that, obviously, like, that when we were away, I knew that we were going to be flying. I scheduled posts for then. Um, I knew we were going to have times without internet. I scheduled posts for that. And um, some days if I, like, if I'm, I might schedule um, the prompts, like the my responses to the prompts for your yeah. challenge, Sarah, for the days that I know I want to take part. And then other days I'll just be like, oh, I'll fill that with whatever. Like at the moment I'm a bit behind on your chat. Like I didn't. Because I was away, I didn't take a bunch of photos and plan what I was going to do for the challenge. So I'm very much just doing my own thing at the moment. And I'm like, oh, what can I post? Well, I rearranged my bookshelf. So tomorrow, Sunday, I'll do like Chelsea Sunday, you Mm know. Um, So, yeah, I think it's just kind of, it's just an extra thing that helps both of us when we're really busy. Yeah, (laughs) It's definitely not necessary as you and I think it's whatever works it. for you as well yeah. like some people can't think ahead they don't like if I say to I've had a few people who like message me and say how do you do it and I explain what I do and I explain that I try and take all my photos in one weekend and I try and do this and I try and do that and I've had some people literally say to me that's too hard do you have any other ideas and I'm like no because this is what works for me like you're you're asking me how I do it not what and it's not necessarily the best way to do it some people's lives do not give them the opportunity to take photos all weekend they might have kids to look after they might have jobs that they work on the weekend (coughs) excuse me but um that's that's the ideal time for me to take photos and that's what works for me it's not going to work for everybody but I can't I can't dictate how people take their photos or what what their plan is if, like, I can only give them what I'm doing and if it doesn't work for them, it doesn't work. But I can't just sit there and be like, oh, yeah, here's what you could do as well. Like, it's it's kind of your own responsibility to figure out what works for you and there is a lot of trial and error in it and if you don't want to go through that trial and error, then you're not going to, you're probably not going to be in this for the long haul because it is a lot of, let me try this, let me try that and let me see what works and what makes me happy. It's so true though about the trial and error because like, I mean, we've been talking about this almost the whole time. Our accounts, our the way we take photos and schedule photos and how we plan and do challenges and blah, blah, blah has changed a lot. Like yeah. I know it has changed a lot for me mm. in the past, what, year and a half? Mm. Um, Mine's changed like so dramatically in mm. the last six months. Like, yeah. It's crazy, but I do want to say um, Plannerly is really great if you have any um, accessibility issues and you need to um, do anything on the computer because Plannerly, you can schedule your Instagram posts on the desktop. You can write your captions. And so if you have any, like if you need to use like voice to text or anything, um, that can be really, really helpful and and can kind of take some of the stress out if you're using yep. that rather than trying to use the app and then copy and paste it and and I know people sometimes have to send it to themselves and then copy and paste that and that can be tricky so if you're using any sort of accessibility tools Planoly might be yep. a way to help just because it is a desktop app whereas Instagram is not 
Um, but but you can also use it on your phone. Yeah, it's yeah, also you, a mobile app. It's, it's also a mobile app, but it has the capability to be able to put your captions in on your computer and stuff. So that can be handy. Um, captions. I always like a question mm-hmm. because I want to elicit a response and some reaction from people. I want I want comments so that I can engage with them. Um, I think I do questions as well. Um, I honestly find it's the easiest way to get a conversation going. Yeah. Yeah. I always try and ask a question and I try to make it more broad as well. Like even if I'm posting about a specific series, not everyone's read every series. So if I post, for example, about Angel Fall and I'm like, who's your favorite Angel Fall character? There's like maybe a third of the people who comment would know what Angel Fall is and would have a favorite character. Like I, for example, don't really follow Throne of Glass anymore. Mm. I don't really follow Shadowhunters anymore. So people who sit there and go, who's your favorite Shadowhunters character? I'm like, God, I have not read those books in years. I have no idea. Probably the cat. Like I just, I don't know. I don't know the answers to those questions. And that's when I'm like, yeah, great photo. So asking a broad question, like even if it doesn't have anything to do with books, even if it's just like, what are you up to today? Or what's something that you're really proud of lately? People like being able to talk about that and they don't often have the ability to share those things on Instagram with people when they're asking such specific questions. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, where do you find the time to take so many pictures? Yeah. Well, we've all said we all yeah. batch stuff. And I will do um, – I will set up a shot and then take a lot of different angles, um, go in close for things, do flat lays, move things around a bit but with the same books and end up with maybe five or six pictures that I want to post. But I will – you know, I might post yeah. something six months later that was yeah. from something I took that long ago. Um, because I don't think Instagram has to be instant. I think Instagram is curating a part of my life. I love playing around with photography and I like doing that, but everyone is up to do your own thing. Um, but yeah, we will batch our photos. How do you get more followers? If anyone has to press that out, let me know. Yeah, please help me. Um, yeah, um, look. Sarah told us, I'm pretty sure it was Sarah who told us this, and I know Tamsin told us as well, our chat with Babbling Books. Mm-hmm. Um, engagement is yeah. the biggest thing. And since I started doing that, I literally have grown nearly a 1,000 followers. So engage, 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 um, liking yeah. people's photos, actually leaving meaningful comments. Yeah, I feel like it is a little bit different with the algorithm now. Like I try to respond to every single comment that I receive. Um, but it definitely is more difficult with the algorithm because a lot of people, even if you're responding, people may not see your may not see the fact that you're responding to them because the algorithm hides it and they don't see the post or they don't see you for a few days, so they don't think to go back and everything's lost in notifications and all that sort of stuff. So it can be more difficult. But I think definitely what I found, it's not it's not just a matter of like striking up a chat with someone. It's also like if you leave a fo- if you leave a comment on somebody's photo and you actually talk about what you're interested in like someone said for example i can't even remember what the question was but if someone asks a question and you say i don't agree with that or something like that not everyone's going to agree with what you say but there may be someone who sits there and goes 
actually, that's exactly what I've been thinking. And so they go and click on your name and then they go and check out your account and then they go, oh, this person's actually reading a lot of the same books as me. Maybe I want to follow them. So that's how the engagement works. It's not just a matter of like going, oh, I love this shot or this is so gorgeous or something like that. It's actually letting people know who you are in those comments because the photos only give you a a little snapshot into someone's life and being able to write captions and being able to engage with people and actually comment what you think is an opportunity for people to get to know you rather than just your photos. Yeah. Totally. And I think that pretty much answers yeah. the next question about Which is dealing, how do you do with, the dealing with the algorithm because we can keep bitching about the algorithm as much as we want. I, at but this point, fair. I don't know if Instagram is going to change it. The whole point of it is to show yeah. you the accounts and photos of people you engage with most. So engage. the whole point is that you're not so going to miss your best friend's photos, you know? So if you're engaging with them, they <laughs> exactly. Clearly you are because you weren't seeing my travel photos. I was seeing. <laughs> away I was managing like four Instagram accounts <laughs> sometimes I'd see them on one and not on the other no it's I'm just it was too good an opportunity for you um so Sarah you get yeah. questions like do you get super questions like it's time? not it's not really a popular opinion to have to say like oh I'm a bookstagram account and sometimes I don't want to post about books but mm. sometimes I just look at my books and I'm like guys I've taken so many photos of all of you like you're beautiful, but shut the fuck up. But um, it's, yeah, it's just, it's kind of moments like that where it's almost like being in a reading slump. Like, you know that you want to do it, but you don't know how to approach it because your mind is just not in that mind frame. So I've kind of, I've tried to be a little bit more kind to myself. And I, I mentioned in a recent photo that I'm trying to make changes in my life to make myself healthier because as I mentioned I have like food intolerances and all that sort of stuff and I kind of get sidetracked and just eat whatever I want and then just deal with how sick I get afterwards so I've tried to make it interesting to myself and because books are the things that I honestly Mm. love most in this world I have tried to if I'm creating healthy food like something that's gluten-free or low FODMAP or dairy-free or something like that I will try and find a way to associate it with books so I've created like a few um, Game of Thrones recipes or Hunger Games recipes or just a few different things that I kind of sit there and go okay this is still about what I love and I can still post it on my Instagram account but it's actually doing something good for me as a person not just for the account. Yeah I think that's really good and like I get I get a bit sick of posting sometimes and sometimes especially like if I am in a bit of a reading slump or have been really busy and I'm like I don't have a current read to post about Mm. or anything like that and that's usually when I post you know like a random like a fandom thing that's Mm. not bookish like you know like TV show I like or Funkos or you know whatever I think I have photos of me that I've taken Mm -hmm. like the ones I've been rolling out for the last few months um, with like the bookshelf in the background of my grey shirt because we took them all in one day and I really loved them. But like if I'm feeling like last night I really wasn't feeling it but then I remembered that someone had tied me to do a challenge and I was like, oh, perfect. I'll use one of these old shots of like it was a very what I would call like a generic book shot because it's not um, a specific book that I was taking a photo of. It was like my book and my it's glasses. Like, yes, yeah, so it's like a corner of a book and your glasses. Yeah, and, something else. and it yeah. was like and a, and a mug of tea. And like it was a nice composition, I thought, um, of of a book. And it was very like so. That's yeah. what I also try and do when I take that shots. I try and take more generic photos because yeah. like there will be days when I'm like, 
I don't want to talk about a specific book and then I'll be, but I was like, what could I write? And then I remember that someone had tagged me to do a challenge and I was like, oh, cool. I'll answer the questions Mm -hmm. because you don't want a specific book for that. Usually, usually you do want something generic. A bit more generic. Um, And, or I'll be like, hey, look, um, here's a book quote or like I'll, I'll find I've started doing some quotes because those are the days where I'm like I, I am really busy at work or I have shit going on in my life and I can't think of anything yeah. good to say about the book that I'm reading so here's a nice quote mm-hmm. um, and I don't think that that's necessarily a bad yeah, thing. It's, it, it, just, it gives your brain a little bit of a break without actually feeling like you're giving up. Yes yeah absolutely um, so I think we should do the next two questions together. Do you make money from Instagram and how do you get picked for rep searches? Maybe $100 in the four years that I have had my Instagram. So I know that there are a lot of people who do get paid for the content that they post and that's great. Um, And I would love to be able to do that and maybe being able to diversify myself and post a little bit more about the food I'm eating and some of the stuff that's more lifestyle content rather than just books will open me up to the opportunities to work with different brands. But I, I guess I'm really picky about what I promote. I don't really enter rep searches anymore. I used to, when I first started, I was entering rep searches left, right and center because I was like, oh, this is so good. This is such a great opportunity to A, get free stuff, B, work with this brand and C, get more exposure. But um, it got to the point where I was entering rep searches and I was like, I actually don't know if I like these products. So at the moment, the only thing that I'm a rep for is the YA Chronicles, which is a subscription box um, that gets released every month. It's an Australian-based subscription box and I've been a rep for them for years now. But sometimes people will contact me and say, do you want a rep for my brand? And I'll consider it and figure out whether or not I like their I like their products, but I don't say yes to every opportunity. I think with rep searches, most people are looking for the kinds of things that we've mentioned so far, like good composition in your photos, engagement with followers. A lot of people, a lot of people assume that rep searches are about finding people with the most followers, but the algorithm has proved that having more followers doesn't necessarily mean that you get the great engagement that you used to have back in the day. So having small accounts that still have great engagement, like having someone with a thousand followers who still gets like 700 likes on a photo, that's a, that's massive engagement compared to someone like me who gets, who has like 29,000 followers, but sometimes yeah. I might only get 400 likes on a photo. Like that's, that's absolute garbage in the eyes of someone who wants to use an account as a way to promote their product. So I, yeah. I don't, go for rep searches anymore really because I either don't know enough about the brand to feel comfortable with promoting them or I don't feel like I I guess I don't feel like I'm worthy of promoting them because I don't feel like I can give them enough in exchange for what they would give me so I don't really go for rep searches but most people are kind of Mm -hmm. kind of wising up to the fact that it's not about big numbers anymore it's about how good like how often you post how much people engage with you and how good a representative you are and how much you believe in their product I think that's very true although I still think that most people just get picked because of the numbers but I think I think with certain I think with certain brands they're still kind of catching up they're still sitting there going oh this person with 52,000 followers has applied for my rep search I'll definitely pick them but brands like Owlcrate 
and other Mm -hmm. like other companies you I've kind of gone in and I've looked at the different reps and it it can be anywhere from someone with 50,000 followers to someone with 500 followers gets picked and it's really just those people at that stage have something that that brand is looking Mm -hmm. for they're sitting there going okay we want more colorful photos or we want more moody photos or we want photos with more editing or we want photos that are a little bit more creative or we want photos that are very homely and very basic and they will have a massive range between 500 followers and 50,000 followers because people are sitting there the brands that have been doing this for the longest and the ones that I think are getting the best bang for their buck I guess because they're supplying free content they're supplying free products to you to post about so they're the ones paying for this even if you're not directly getting money into your account. Um, the ones who are the smartest, I think, about doing this are the ones who are no longer just looking at big numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So to end on Instagram, um, I think we should just talk about what it's brought us. I mean, obviously the fact that we've even become friends is all down to Instagram. I mean, Caitlin and I were friends before, but... Yeah. I mean, Sarah, we yeah. only met you through yeah. your Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we met your sister through Lady Gang, but that's another complicated story. Um, but, you know, we wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet one another if it weren't for that. I met some amazing yeah. people in the UK just through Bookstagram. And, um, yeah, what's, what has it brought you? What are the great things? I think it's, yeah. For me, it's really brought me back to loving reading again. I got a bit more into reading um, after I graduated from high school. And then I, I think, sort of, yeah, started to do this and everything. And while it took me a while to figure out the bookstagram and blogging thing, really these kinds of things, they do make me feel the need to read more and things like that. But I have always enjoyed reading, so I kind of like that about it. Mm. It's gotten me more interested in reading because... Like while I was always a big reader, I now have people that I can talk to about it. Like it's not just I'm talking mm-hmm. at my family and trying to explain to them why I really love this book or why I'm crying hysterically over this death of a fictional character. Um, and they're kind of just sitting there nodding mm-hmm. and being like, all right, all right, can I unpause Netflix now? Like can I go back to my daily life? I can actually, I actually have a space to talk to people about mm-hmm. things and just using hashtags or posting about particular books or posting photos of particular books gives you the opportunity to connect with people who are also going through that journey or who have gone through that journey. Like with a lot of the classics that I've been reading recently, I've had the opportunity to talk to people about classics, whereas a lot of people I know in real life are like, ugh, no, I don't, I don't bother reading those. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's just connection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, connecting with people is really amazing. Yeah, wonderful. Well, everyone, let us know what your books to go and tips are. Um, ask us any questions that we haven't covered, and we'll try and get to them um, in future episodes. Probably just Caitlin and I <laughs> trying to trying to help you. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us in this Instagram workshop. We really appreciate it. Where can people find you? Um, you can find me mostly on my Instagram, commas and ampersands. I do have a YouTube channel, but that's not quite as active. I post once a day on Instagram, so that's usually where you'll find me. Everyone can find us at Better Words Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Our website is betterwordspodcast.com, where you can find links to 
all of our episodes, show notes, newsletter, Patreon, all of those things. And if you want to follow Caitlin or myself on Instagram, which you totally should, I'm at Unfinished Bookshelf. And I'm at Just a Bookish Babe. Excellent. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.